It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go. Welcome to HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice is on the other side of the glass, as is Juan Ariola as we talk horse hockey on this, the weekly magazine-style insider radio program for all things Silver Knights. Great to have you with us. Uh, and you're right off the top, uh, uh, welcome to, to Juan Ariola. as I mentioned on the other side of the glass. He's training today, so he's learning how to, well, essentially how to keep me in check, um, which really begs the question, um, Jared, you are in a uh, an observing capacity today. That's how you're handling the show? Um, that is no, we are we are we are training today. So I am training. Yes. Okay. There will be a baton pass at some point, but hopefully you'll never notice it. Okay. Well, and, and you've successfully trained numerous people who have uh, been in charge of keeping me uh, within the parameters of what the show is supposed to be. Kira is a, is one. She's done lots of games this year. Um, what does training entail? Was what what's Juan's experience today? Um, well, for this first segment, we. May or may not have sound. I don't want to over tease, but it's sound. Uh, it's getting the sound in the computer and then making sure that you're connected in a reasonable like amount of time and you don't sound awful. That's phenomenal. I, I trust you wholeheartedly because you've never let me down before. But one, you've never let me down before either, but you haven't been given the opportunity to. So uh, let me make sure you're paying very close attention because I'm a very, very hard person to work with. Uh, if you're not minding my P's and Q's. So, okay, Jared, I trust you wholeheartedly. Folks, great to have you with us for the program, our second-to-last show before the uh, before the Christmas break, before Christmas in general. We'll be right after the last game uh, before Christmas on the 22nd. We'll, we'll have another show. So we'll be here to uh, keep you company and guide you through the holiday season and get you ready for the return of home hockey for the Henderson Silver Knights, which is Saturday afternoon. When they get on the ice on Saturday, uh, late afternoon, evening, what have you, 4 p.m. puck drop against the Abbotsford Canucks. First ever visit to the Orleans for the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, when the puck drops there, that, that'll be for the Silver Knights, their third home game in a span of 42 days. They've been gone a ridiculously amount of time, uh, a ridiculous amount of time as have I been. Uh, so I'm sure fans are excited to get back uh, to home action, as am I. But before we do that, lots to cover on this four-game road swing that the Silver Knights just completed. We'll break down uh, the successes and, and the individual performances that certainly uh, Garner mentioned. Uh, in addition, we're going to have Colt Conrad in uh, on in the second segment, the overtime winner. Scored on uh, Tuesday night. Cole Conrad's been just a, a tremendous find for the Silver Knights this season. So he'll talk to us about uh, this uh, really uh, career-breaking campaign he's having to become a regular AHLer, and that is official after he signed an AHL deal a couple of weeks back, a, uh, a two-year deal that will have him wearing silver for this season and next uh, so we'll talk with Colt Conrad, and then in our final segment, we'll catch up with Gabe Mirabelli. And if you're not familiar with Mr. Gabe Mirabelli, he is uh, the VGK's Director of Enterprise Operations. It's a big, fancy name, uh, and Gabe Mirabelli is an important man. And what he basically has done, uh, and this is, I'm sure, grossly oversimplifying it, but it's the easiest way I can convey it in layman's terms, from the business perspective, uh, he's been the uh, one of the VGK personnel that's been directing, running, overseeing the Dollar Loan Center construction project. So he is uh, the best uh, person available to tell us about the developments over at the DLC. Uh, it's been the news a little bit the last couple of weeks as there was a media tour. Uh, it, it's 
very, very close to complete. It's about 85% done. That, that's what it was a week and a half ago, and they've been working in the meantime. So uh, closer and closer every week. And last week, the uh, the lettering went up on the outside of the building. So we're getting closer and closer to, to March 8th, which is, which is when the first event will be held at the building. That'll be the week of March 8th, the Big West Basketball Tournament. Uh, and, of course, the Silver Knights are going to move in on April 2nd. So Gabe Mirabelli will give us an update on the uh, the status of the building, uh, what's looking great, what he's excited about, maybe even a few surprises we will find out. So that's all straight ahead on HSK Today. And if you want to reach out to the show, you can tweet at me directly at Brian J. McCormick, at Brian J. McCormick, M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K. And uh, we'll get you involved. So before I start prattling on about uh, the Silver Knights road trip, which was a very good road trip. They won three out of four in Rockford and Tucson. They've now won four of their last five overall. Uh, let's let's set the mood. Let's set the tone, and uh, we'll we'll just play a quick reel. If you missed the broadcast, if you missed the games, if you're not exactly sure what happened, well, here are some of the high points over the last five days. Hit it. Marishev waiting for the signal. Now he'll approach the right-handed shooter working in on Delia. Looking for a 3 nothing Silver Knights lead. Marishev scores! Maxime Marishev just past the hash marks with a wrist shot. That beats Delia and the Silver Knights have a 3 nothing lead. Right in front, here's a look for Connor. Backhander scores! Paul Connor was all alone between the hash marks, forehand, backhand, and under the bar. It's a power play goal, and the Silver Knights have a 4-0 lead. Left point deliberatory, skating into the high slot, still with it, right circle, backhander, through traffic, save, rebound, score! Deliberatory's low shot was found through traffic by Prosotop, but the rebound there for Jake LeCision, and the Silver Knights have tied it at three. Silver Knights working the perimeter. Miramanov will play into the trapezoid. Conrad, nice pass to the front. Connor tried to bring it in. He turned it away. Now a shot. Conrad scores. Broken play in front. Daniil Miramanov at Colt Conrad backdoor. It's an overtime winner, and the Henderson Silver Knights are 4-3 winners in Tucson. Left circle, Dugan across. Rombier one-timer. That's off the post. Rebound the blue paint. They score. Pavel Dorofiev found it just above the crease after the puck hit the post. Dorofiev slams it into an open net. The Silver Knights have a power play goal. Off the faceoff, Silver Knights win. Dorofiev alone in front, he scores! Off the faceoff, the puck trickled right between the hash marks and the Roadrunners completely lost. Pavel Dorofiev, he goes off the crossbar and in. And Pavel Dorofiev has his second of the night. The Silver Knights have a 3-0 lead. Here's a two-on-one for the Roadrunners. Spears, right wing, fires, as save made by Thompson. And two seconds in one, that'll do it. Logan Thompson with his second shutout in three starts, 36 saves on 36 shots. Well, that's a lot to cover right there, was it not? A busy four games for the Henderson Silver Knights, but again, a very successful road trip as the Henderson Silver Knights picked up six of an available eight points and, and were very, very close to at least getting seven, if not all eight, as their lone loss during that stretch was a 2-1 loss in uh, Rockford on Saturday night where the Silver Knights had uh, opportunities to tie late in the game, including a Jake LeCision shot that actually landed on top of the net. 
after it was uh, basically a jam attempt at the front, just popped up in the air and just whipple balled over the crossbar and onto the top of the top shelf. So, you know, for the Henderson Silver Knights, I, I think one of the things you take away from the last four games, first of all, finding ways to win. And that's the most important thing. Even as the Silver Knights are starting to get healthier and starting to get bodies back over the last couple of weeks, it seems like, you know, God is uh, giving with one hand and taking with the other. You get back the likes of Ronbjerg, Lecision, Cotter, but you lose in the process. Guys who are going to be, looks like day-to-day, if not a little bit longer. Gage Quinney was in for a bit. He's back out for a bit now. Maxi Marashev is going to be out for a little bit, it does appear. Sven Berchi has missed the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Lucas Elvinus as well. So, you know, it's it's still not a team that is 100% complete. Having said that, uh, and when you talk about guys who have come back into the mix for the Silver Knights, that included Jack Dugan and Reed Duke over the course of this road trip. They uh, made their, uh, for Duke, his season debut. For Dugan, his re- first game since November the 6th. That was uh, the opener of the road trip in Rockford. You know, you're getting players back that, are going to serve that power play role, serve that late in games, need a goal, tie game, protect the lead. You're, you're getting those kinds of impact, impact optimal window players that are, are having, again, an, an instant uh, impact on the lineup. And, you know, that, that does include Jack Dugan, who uh, had a very good four-game stretch. He was involved in a lot, uh, scored his second goal of the season last night. Uh, which would end up being the uh, the insurance goal that would give the Silver Knights some cushion in their 3 nothing victory. But, you know, in the two games back, uh, Jack Dugan had a goal and three points. Pretty pretty good for a guy who's been sporadically in and out of the lineup since really the uh, the start of training camp. Every time he's in the lineup when he's, uh, you know, looking like he's back to 100% or whether he's trying to find his stride, he's still putting up points. And I think that's been the most encouraging thing through, you know, two seasons now of Jack Dugan is, not every player is going to have their best every night. And uh, some players, you know, you're trying to, to round out their full game. I know that the coaching staff said, okay, Jack's next step, we know he can put up points. His next step is to work on the defensive side of the puck. And there's been improvement there this season as well in the limited sample size we've had. But every single game, even if Jack Dugan is having a, a rough night in his own opinion, he's putting up points. And if you're factoring into the score sheet in some way, even when you're not at your best, at least you're contributing something to, to move the ball forward. So uh, getting a player like that back in, it's significant. So for the Silver Knights, they're finding ways to win. And I, in some instances, they're really finding ways to win. On Tuesday, they trailed 2-0. They trailed 3-1. They found a way to score two goals late uh, to force overtime, and then Colt Conrad had, had the overtime winner. Uh, on a night when it looked like, okay, they, they don't really have it tonight. They didn't have it Saturday in Rockford, and this looked like another one. Like, okay, they, they don't really have their A stuff. They find ways to win. Um, and and for, for really to, to put that in kind of a rounder perspective is they're not doing it the same way every time. I think that's what's really encouraging. Last night's win in Tucson, pretty complete. It was a different game than we'd seen really the prior three, where it wasn't about creating opportunities. It was really reading that this was going to be a matter of managing the game. And Joel Ward said that after the game, we were tired. It's the end of a road trip. It's the second half of a back-to-back. We knew this was going to be a game where we weren't going to be able to basically shove it down their throat. This was going to be a game where they were going to maybe have a little bit more jump, a little bit more legs. We were going to have to pick our spots, be responsible, and not make mistakes. And that's what the Silver Knights did. Earlier in the trip in Rockford, the 5 nothing win, They, after a 10-minute window where they got their legs underneath them, of course, before that game, they hadn't played in about two weeks. Once they had their the the, uh, the first goal, 
that was Daniil Miramanov finding a way to, to get a shot through from the point. And Daniil Miramanov has been brilliant over the last four games. He's at about a point-per-game pace to, uh, throughout this uh, month of December. Once they got on the board, it was okay, the game is ours, and it just became a puck possession, domination, grind-down-low kind of game. That's not what they were able to do last night. It's not what they had to do last night. And for the Silver Knights, uh, it's very encouraging to see that when they're when they're behind, they'll put the pedal to the metal and they'll have players like LeCision, like Jones, that are going to be impact uh, big moment players late in games. And these are players who were not that role, have not been that role since juniors, if then. You know, last year when the Silver Knights needed a big goal, we were talking about Secura, we were talking about O'Regan, we were not talking about Jake LeCision. That wasn't his job. His job was bottom six, defensive, number one penalty killer centerman. That's what he did. This year, part because of the growth of his game, part because of the growth of his own confidence, which is what coaches have been really attributing it to, he feels good and wants the puck on his stick, but also because of need. Jake LeCision's played a lot of NHL games this year. They want him to show leadership. They want him to take that next step. And part of that is, okay, we need a goal. Who better in this lineup than me? Who better than Jonas Rombjerg? Who better than Ben Jones and Paul Cotter to find a way to score? Now, they're not the only ones, of course, but they're doing it. And that, I think, is the most encouraging growth because it is a combination of the talent and the skill sets improving, but also the attitude change of, you know what? This team needs a player to step up and be big. Why not me? And the Silver Knights have a lot of players doing it right now. So when they have that need, they get that performance. And that's why they have three multi-goal comebacks this season already. But on other nights, when their legs are under them, when they need to manage the game, play defensively, suffocate the other team, they'll do that too. And on the odd night that the uh, the offense is rolling and they can put up a handful, they'll go for that. But the the goals against average for the team has been dramatically climbing day by day, week through week, uh, by week throughout the season. Uh, and and their stature uh, in terms of uh, being a puck possession team has been better. They still want to cut down shots against. That's definitely going to be something that they still need to work on and that needs to improve. But in the meantime, they're still finding ways to win. And I talk about the goals against average going down week over week. Well, a big reason for that has been Logan Thompson, who has been spectacular. Tuesday night, Yuri Patera made his first appearance of the season, got the win in a gutsy effort for Yuri Patera. That gave Logan Thompson a break from 10 consecutive games in which he had played. And over that 10-game stretch, he has a save percentage of 934. This is the... Uh, over the last month, the shades of goaltender of the year, Logan Thompson, we saw last year. Logan Thompson was not having a bad season by any stretch. He just wasn't putting up the sub-two goals against average that we saw last year. That's not fair to ask of a person to just automatically put up, uh, you know, Hall of Fame numbers year over year. But Logan Thompson, over the course of the last 10 games, was doing exactly that. And then he stops 36 of 36 last night for his second shutout in his last three starts. For a little perspective, Logan Thompson has stopped 99 of the last 101 shots he's faced, and that is just the cherry on top of a week-long or three-week-long stretch in which, again, he was already putting up uh, a save percentage better than 930. So Logan Thompson is absolutely playing at the level he was at all of last season. That's a big reason why the Silver Knights have been so successful in one-goal contests this season. Well, we talked a lot about timely scoring, and no one had a more timely goal this week than Colt Conrad. He had the overtime winner for the Silver Knights on Tuesday, and when we come back, Colt Conrad will join us on the line to talk about this very successful season in silver that he is having. Back in just a moment, Brian McCormick here with you on HSK Today on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. Who the hell are you? You know. 
You all know exactly who I am. Now, say my name. Brian McCormick. Conrad's working the perimeter. Nice pass to the front. Connor tried to bring it in. He turned it away. Now a shot. Conrad scores! Broken play in front. Daniil Miramanov at Colt Conrad backdoor. It's an overtime winner, and the Henderson Silver Knights are 4-3 winners in Tucson. Back on HSK today, Cole Conrad has four goals for the Silver Knights this season, perhaps none bigger than that one, and he joins us now. Cole, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So, Cole, first of all, uh, congratulations are in order. This is the first time you've been on the program, and uh, so fans haven't heard uh, necessarily your your take on it but uh, a couple of weeks ago you've had a great season with the silver knights so far uh and the majority of it was on a professional tryout but you signed uh, an ahl deal with the silver knights a two-year contract and uh, again congratulations and that had to be uh, a pretty nice early christmas present yeah no thank you first of all uh means a lot and uh yeah definitely you know it's a great place to be um great support from the fans uh coaching staff the teammates i have all great people um and it, it's been nothing but a great time right now so you know to, to sign for two years that's yeah beyond grateful for it Cole, what were your expectations when you joined the team of course you've played ahl hockey over the last three seasons with toronto and i i believe you were with belleville if i'm not mistaken in, in training camp to start the year but when you joined the silver knights you knew they were going through some uh some injuries and and that you were going to get an opportunity but i don't know if you expected it to go this well uh no, you know, you never you, you never expect too much or too little. You you come in here and you put your best foot forward and and uh you know, if it works out great and uh you know, it, it's it's unfortunate that, you know, guys have to get hurt for for me to get this opportunity. Um but uh to be able to capitalize on it and, you know, uh be as welcomed by the group as I as I was, uh that really played a big role in you know the success uh that i'm having so far so it's uh been a, been a great experience and what's what's meshed for you so well with this with this team that maybe is a little different than uh what your experiences in, in toronto were because of course you've been able to work with manny viveros uh this year but he's had a couple of leaves of absence absences you've been working a lot with jamie heward and joel ward as well so what what's clicked for you this this time around uh just kind of using my experiences um and then obviously taking in what the the coaches are giving me and uh applying it to the game and then uh yeah like you said that all three coaches are are uh big impact on on the team right now and um with uh Manny taking his leave leave of absence Wardo and and Huey have done a great job in in filling that role and you know we're doing our best for for Manny and and uh yeah we're not uh we're not slowing down and hopefully we we're we're still rolling when he when he gets back we're with Colt Conrad Colt you had the overtime winner on Tuesday uh I don't think you've had any uh, OT winners uh, in Toronto I don't know if you had any in Newfoundland how many OT winners have you had uh, dating all the way back uh I I think that might be my first uh, career OT winner. Um, I've helped out on a few uh, prior to this, but I've never actually put the puck in the net for the winner. So it feels good to get it off my back and off and off my shoulders. And so yeah, all I mean, the way back, 
college prep school oh, midget all the oh. way back? This is the first one. No, oh, no, no, not uh, okay. <laughs> not not the first one ever, but first pro. Yeah, <laughs> there's been a couple. Uh, couple prior to pro for sure okay i was gonna say this can't be the first one since the driveway there had to be another one in there somewhere um but is it i've always wondered when you score you know well overtime winner is unique i suppose but any big goal you know is it more fun to do it at home when the uh you know the music's blaring and people are going nuts or is it cool to do it like you did in tucson on tuesday uh i would think that the deafening silence has its own kind of uh reward yeah it's you know it's definitely special to do at home and be able to share that with the with the fans and you know kind of reward them with uh with that excitement um but also at the same time coming back from a two goal deficit and you know putting an end to the night of the home team and the home crowd it's it's got its moment there for sure but you know if uh you always want to you always want to give your special treatment for sure Mentioned the come uh, comeback from the two goal deficit. You guys trailed two nothing and three one on Tuesday, and you found a way to win. That's the third time this season you guys have come back from two or more down and found a way to win. Uh, and of course, not that long ago was the win over Iowa. Last time the Silver Knights were at home. So, how are you guys finding this ability to find that next level late in hockey games? Because it's not like you need just one shot at the end. Like, no, you guys need to start your comeback with about 10 minutes left on the clock, but you guys have been able to have, you know, really good possession, really good pressure whenever you decide, okay, this is the moment. How have you guys been able to, to manage that? Uh, well, there's just this belief in our group where we're never truly out of the game. Um, like you mentioned, against Iowa, we were down 4-1, 5-1 or whatever. Yeah, 5-2. Yeah, and we just, you know, we didn't have any quit. Uh on the bench, we were just talking, talking it out, and sorting through things. And and once one got going, guys were patting backs, and you know, we just got on a roll. And the same thing happens, uh, whether it's down two goals, down one goal, or whatever. You know, we're we're our mindset's the same, and you know, we expect to win every game. But on the other hand, you know, we never want to be put in that situation, uh, and we believe in the right way. We shouldn't be giving up those two goal leads like that. Um, but, you know, real, real proud of the group in, in, ha- in battling that adversity uh, whenever it has, a ro- has, a, has come to us yet so far. With Colt Conrad of the Henderson Silver Knights. Colt, uh, you played four years at Western Michigan University before you made the jump to pro. You played at Shattuck St. Mary's before that. I always wonder when uh, a Canadian kid, a Canadian player, chooses the college route rather than the major junior route because you were drafted for the WHL in Bantam. You were drafted for the, the USHL too, I think. Um, why was college the route that you wanted to go? Um, well, I wasn't really sure, actually, being so young, you you can only have so many experiences in life, and so you kind of talk to other guys who, other uh, former team, uh, not teammates, sorry, uh, other players who have, you know, been through the process uh, on both ends, and you know, I still couldn't really decide on which way would be best for me. So, uh, Coach Murray, who coached me at Western, um, actually opened my eyes to Shattuck because he coached there. So and he's a Manitoba, uh, um, born and raised. So he opened my eyes to Shattuck and he said, "Hey, like you've been given all this information on Major Junior. Here's Shattuck. 
if you want to, you know, test out the college lifestyle uh, prior to going, um, this is a great place for you because, you know, they, they have their dorms. It's a, it's kind of their own community. Um, they have a bunch of sports and a bunch of different people from all over the world. So, And they produced a lot you know, of NHL talent too. Yeah, so that didn't hurt the decision either. So I, I <laughs> ended up making the decision to go to Shattuck as a kind of a trial run for college. And I ended up loving my time, you know, just kind of that small community mindset of your teams all living real close together. Um, you're going to school, you're getting a good ed- education and all of that. So that essentially kind of made my decision whether I was going to go to college or major junior. Is there a, uh, so I'm from the Northeast, I'm from New York, and I remember as a kid, you know, kids are like, I want to go to Boston College, I want to go to Boston University. You you hear more of that than kids who dream of someday playing for the Peterborough Pizza or whatnot. In Canada, I'm sure every kid dreams of going to the Western Hockey League or the OHL, but is there a concentration of kids in Canada that the, the, the when you're playing the youth leagues that do want to go to college? Is that as much part of the conversation of kids who dream of someday going to, to Michigan or, or Minnesota or what have you? Is, is that a thing? Uh, it's more a thing now so than it has been. I, I remember growing up, um, well, it would have been 10 years ago now, like, around that time, <laughs> where... You know, I didn't know much about college hockey at all. Uh, there just wasn't that much information. And it's always, for me, was the WHL, and I'm sure same thing in Ontario and, and the eastern part of Canada for the Q. You know, it's always, if you want to be a hockey player, you got to go play in the, these leagues. And it's always the next step, the next level. And the, major, the main focus is on major junior. And the sad part is that's just, that's not the case anymore. You know, college hockey is, a great road to go and you know it's argue, like you're playing with 24 year old men out there so you know it's more of a conversation now i believe with the youth uh hockey players especially with the whole social media aspect of things where you know it's not just limited to for example i grew up in manitoba and the only Major junior team was Brandon Weekings, and it was always about Brandon Weekings this, Brandon Weekings that, you know, and that was the main focus as a kid. You wanted to go play for the Brandon Weekings, mm. and three hours away was North Dakota, and I knew nothing about North Dakota and you know Interesting. how how successful they were. So it kind of it was kind of a weird time frame for me. It was just right before you know, social media and all that where it could have brought in more information for me. Well, we're, we're talking to Cole Conrad. One of your college teammates briefly uh, was Paul Cotter, uh, which is a funny crossing of the paths. Was he the same then as he is now? Did he did he still have a, a goofball strain running through him? Oh, yeah, definitely. He, <laughs> As funny as it is, he might be uh, more mature now. You know, he's just he, he's a little kid uh, with he, he, uh, grown he, he, he alluded once, and I'm not remembering it correctly. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But he, he said he pulled some sort of a prank. I don't know if he switched out everyone's visors on their helmets or something like that. Do you recall this? Uh, no, I don't. Good. Well, that never happened then. But, <laughs> but um, it, it, it's uh, so, so he's more mature now. That's that's scary. 
Yeah, that's that's the that's the scary part because he's still buzzing around and trying to pull things on teammates and whatnot. But um, just imagine that when he was fresh out of high school. <laughs> at least, at least you know what to look out for, uh, Cole. For, yeah. for for your guys, for the team overall, again, you guys have have been winning games of late. One of the things that jumps out to me is uh, Logan Thompson started his run of a lot of hockey on November the sixth. He's played eleven of the last twelve games. And obviously his numbers speak for themselves over that stretch. But as a team, you guys have gone from 14th in the league in goals against to 7th over that stretch. Now, again, I'm sure Logan Thompson is part of it. But have you guys figured things out a little bit more defensively just in terms of the, of the overall structure and the way you guys are approaching games these days? Uh, Yeah. And, you know, Logan's been playing great. He's He just came, came off a shutout uh, yesterday and he he played unbelievable for us and he's been playing unbelievable for us uh, since I've gotten here. Um, and uh, the other part of it is we're getting, you know, guys back in the lineup and we're getting more comfortable with, with uh, each other and with our systems. And that's really been a big factor of it. I think. Last thing before we let you go, Colt, and thanks for being with us, uh, with us this afternoon. The teddy bear toss for the silver Knights, they call it the lucky launch. First ever is going to be on Sunday. Uh, all you guys, whether it's juniors or schooling, everyone's been involved in, in a teddy bear toss somewhere. Is this a game that you guys uh, enjoy, that you look forward to? And and I always wonder if there's any kind of uh, friendly competition, let's say, amongst the players in the room. Who's going to be the one to, to score the goal that launches the Bears? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's there's always competition on who's getting that goal. And, and you know, for such a great cause, it, you kind of get a little bit more fired up for for the game and and uh you know you're, you're just happy to be a part of it and you know hopefully hopefully we play the right way and uh we don't make the fans wait too long to to chuck them well cult i appreciate that you've been such a great sport this afternoon i hope it's you thanks for joining us this afternoon and we'll uh, we'll see you this weekend all right thank you Henderson, uh, Silver Knights forward Colt Conrad, the overtime winning goal scorer on Tuesday, and perhaps the lucky launch goal scorer on Sunday. We'll have to wait and see. We'll step aside, and when we come back, we will have from the Vegas Golden Knights the uh, director of uh, enterprise operations for the Vegas Golden Knights, Mr. Gabe Mirabelli, to give us an update on the DLC. That's straight ahead on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights radio network. A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, getting ready for two games this weekend at the Orleans Arena as the Silver Knights are back on home ice, and soon home ice will be a little closer to where I am right now at Lifeguard Arena. The Dollar Loan Center is set to open in March for the Big West Basketball Tournament, and of course the Silver Knights will open things up at the Dollar Loan Center on April the 2nd. And to give us an update on what the DLC is looking like these days, we have the Director of Enterprise Operations for the Vegas Golden Knights, Mr. Gabe Mirabelli. Gabe, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm great, Brian. How are you doing, sir? 
I'm doing fantastic. It seemed like a good opportunity to get you on the show because I've been seeing a lot of DLC chatter over the last couple of weeks. Uh, a media tour a couple of weeks back to, to check on the progress, and I know the, uh, the it looks like the, the signage went up on the outside of the building while the team was out of town. So uh, a lot going on at the DLC, uh, and that's a project that you've been overseeing. So if you could, just give a, a bit of a status update of, of where the project is right now. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. So we're about 85 percent done with the base building call it uh you mentioned a couple of our our recent milestones our naming right signage for the dollar loan center going up on the exterior of the building um we are our hsk logos that'll live on our stair towers as well are going up this week so if you're driving on paseo verde uh you might you might see an hsk logo coming to life on the side of the building and on the inside i know that's harder to see from outside uh we've got our center hung scoreboard uh, which was completed at, at least the video cells uh, yesterday. So um, that's looking uh, really, really good. And then our uh, our uh, ribbon board for uh, the advertising, that goes up kind of over the next two weeks, should be done by the first week of January. But we're really excited. The next big step for us is going to be firing up all those systems that we've put in the building kind of in, in mid to early January and finally uh, getting it rolling. And it looks tremendous. And, Gabe, we've touched base over the course of, you know, different milestones of this project, the topping off, uh, of course, a couple of press conferences over the summer. But when I got to go last week and look at it, that was the first time I'd seen it look as, as finished as it does on the inside. The seats are in. The, the ice went in. Um, and even some of the landscape on the outside of the building really starting to take shape as well. I wonder, from your perspective, you've been involved in this project since it was uh, – th there wasn't even a shovel in the dirt. This went up really, really Maybe quickly is not even the right word as efficiently, but gosh, it felt <laughs> gosh, it felt fast. Were you blown away by just how quickly this all came together? I, I think, you know, Brian, it's a testament to our partners at, at Whiting Turner. Um, they knew what they needed to do to get this building done. And a lot of work went in early on in the process to make sure that as much that could be prefabricated could uh, just for speed could be. And, and so a testament to them and their engineers for – um, especially with some of the structural steel that we put in the building, making sure that it was almost like a Lego, right? It just showed up yeah. and it was able to snap into the right place. But, um, you know, we want to get you in there, man. We, we, we want to get you in there calling the games from the center ice club. So I, I knew we had to, to be quick, but it's all credit to Whiting Turner. They knew the expectation and uh, they've knocked it out of the park. We're with Gabe Mirabelli, Director of Enterprise Operations, who always takes care of yours truly. Gabe, I, I wonder, when you do a project like this, you want everything to look the way it's drawn up on the blueprints, and I'm sure it does. But I would have to imagine there still has to be a wow factor as it comes to life. Is there any part of the project that you're particularly impressed with, or maybe that, that looks better now that it's built than you even thought it was going to at the start? You know what, Brian? I, I, I have to say one thing we spent a long time on was picking uh, the exterior lights. Uh, we wanted something that was nice and bright, but also was respectful of the of the neighborhood, and you know, just wanted to seem like it fit in while still producing a great color on the building. And I've seen the uh, exterior lights on a couple of times, and frankly, I'm I'm blown away. I I think it 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 just looks really really amazing. I can't wait for uh, the facility to be fully operational and folks seeing that on a daily basis. I think people are going to really enjoy it. And you're going to have the opportunity, well, I say the opportunity, you're going to do the kindness of giving <laughs> some of the coaching staff a, uh, a tour of the building today, actually. Now, they've seen it before, but in different phases. I don't know that anyone besides perhaps Tim Speltz has seen it 
uh, this complete. But even in in concept, in each opportunity you have to, to talk with the the hockey members, are, are there any parts of this building that they're particularly excited about, some of the amenities that we've talked about? You know, Brian, one of the amenities that they are so fired up about is how many uh, laundry rooms we have. Uh, people don't, <laughs> I know that seems like a silly answer, but people don't realize, you know, when these teams are on the road or um, trying to turn around to get on the road from being home, usually they're taking turns doing uh, the laundry. And the fact that we'll be able to accommodate, not only does it make the equipment guys' life easier, but it speeds everything up, right? Um, so they're really excited about that. But frankly, you know, having a gym there, yeah. you guys have a gym, the ease of getting into the building from the loading dock, right? Bench access directly from the home room right out onto, uh, right out onto the ice is great. And then, you know, Brian, one thing that I, I think I do want to mention is just our, our group is so forward thinking that they made sure that we designed the space to accommodate a female trainer, right, mm-hmm. in the future. So, um, that way we can be prepared. You know, I think our medical group, it comes from a lot of different backgrounds and that's the way that they're, they're thinking about this, which I really appreciate. And, um, again, just having them involved the entire time, they pick up on so many little things that, uh, you never think of. So it was, it was great to have them involved in the process. It's so great to see the building come to life. It's, it's funny. It is the simple things. Fans are excited about luxury lounges and sight lines. And for the players, it's two laundry rooms, three laundry rooms, or whatever it may be. It's, it's just their mothers raised them right. But that's good. We think of the, uh, the essentials. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Gabe. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's also funny, Brian. You mentioned we do a lot of tours. You know, some people are, are really excited about hearing about concession stands. Some people are really excited about the center hung scoreboard and things like that. So uh, it, it, you learn a little bit about everybody kind of by the questions they ask on the tour, what's important to them. Now, we're, we're talking with Gabe Mirabelli, Director of Enterprise Operations, about the Dollar Loan Center, which is uh, very, very much on schedule. I believe the Certificate of Occupancy, which I learned what that meant, uh, is on track for early February? February 1st. Yes, uh-huh. sir. That's terrific. And you said it's about 85% finished. What is what does the final 15% look like in general? Is it is it bigger things or polishing doorknobs and finishing paint? I think, Brian, you're hitting the nail on the head. It, it, it's going back. We started um, punching the building, so going through room by room, you know, trying to knock off if there's any, um, you know, major misses, right, that we get those on a list so that they can be addressed. But a lot of it's paint. Right, going back through and, and painting things. We got to put mirrors in the bathrooms, right? You don't want to put those up too early because they could get damaged very easily. So, I, I would say if you're imagining that this building's like a cake, we're trying to just put the, the pretty icing on top and spell out "Happy Birthday, Henderson Silver Knights." Right? That's what we're we're finishing up as the final 15 percent. That's so exciting, and again, we'll be able to document the uh, the finishing touches over the next couple of months. Gabe, before we let you go, I just want to let people know. So when I met you when I moved here last January, I was like, this is a sharp guy. He's up on everything. You started telling me about the building, and I presume that you had some background in you know, schooling, or, uh, architecture, or, or something construction-based, and you said, nope, law degree. So... <laughs> When you were put in charge of this project, aside from, a fact, of course, the VGK knew that it was a project you were capable of, but you had to really dedicate yourself to this project. You've been eating, breathing, and sleeping this since it, since it started. It's because you, you've also had to uh, become an expert in something that you weren't originally an expert in. Uh, 
Well, I think that's very kind of you to call me an expert. I don't, I don't think I'm an expert uh, <laughs> by any means. But you know, um, we've we've got a lot of great team members on uh, both the Whiting Turner side, and I've got some resources that I can pull from the city of Henderson as well as our internal team. So for me, it's really just more about connecting the dots and, and finding someone with the answer. But uh, Whiting Turner's been great. You know, sometimes they understand; they need to explain it to. Uh, to someone who, who isn't normally speaking their language, and uh, they've been very patient with me. And, and now at least I know that the terminology, you know, I don't slow them down too much. But it's been really enjoyable. <laughs> it's been really enjoyable to learn new stuff. Well, fair enough, and you're very modest. But, I mean, whenever uh, I have to put a, an addition on my house, I'm still tapping you for what your advice would be. <laughs> Perfect. Happy to do that for you, Brian. Gabe, we'll let you go. I know you got a busy afternoon, but we really appreciate you hopping on and uh, really excited about everything going on. Uh, Henderson, it's a great project, and we're almost at the finish line. I appreciate it, Brian. Can't wait to have you in there. That's Gabe Mirabelli, uh, uh, the Director of Enterprise Operations for the Vegas Golden Knights. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, just a really, really great uh, project and also progress and uh, how quickly that's come together. And I, we, we are blessed, I've learned uh, since living here, uh, that the weather is always going to uh, extraordinarily cooperate with uh, construction needs and construction crews. You don't lose many days to rain, uh, but it, boy, is is that project coming along? It's very exciting, and uh, again, we'll we'll keep you posted over the next uh, the final weeks uh, before we are all set and ready to go. And the Silver Knights, the Vegas Nighthawks, uh, can move into their brand new home. Uh, before we wrap things up. Gosh, do we have to, Jared? Do we have time to play the clip? Um, if we start it like right now. Okay, we're gonna do it right now. So I get called uh, called out all the time for singing in between commercial breaks. Yes, I know you can hear me on AHL TV, but apparently I'm not the only one who has uh, the the, uh, the need to entertain. This is Darren Millard singing. Uh, was, was he on air? Or did you know he was on air, Jared? No, yeah, he did. This was a bet. He had to sing the national anthem. Okay, here it is. This is what I'm trying to live up to. Go ahead. <clears throat> Oh, say can you see? Hold on. I got to start again. The, dr- <laughs> the drum line's screwing me up. Uh, this, is, I, this could not I just, have gone any better. I oh, just, man. The drum line, I, was, I got distracted. Okay, three, two, one. We'll start again. Take two. Oh, right. say can you see by the dawn's early light? What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, who's brought stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. Or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Big finish. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yay! Thank you, Carnell. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Millard. That is a bet paid. All right, so why did we play that? Again, I, sometimes I sing an intermission and I'm told, I, uh, why are you doing that, Brian? We can hear you. Well, it's because Darren Millard likes to entertain, and so do I, and I'm proposing next year VGK Broadcaster Christmas album. We should make it happen. 
That'll do it for HSK Today. Special thanks to Colt Conrad and Gabe Mirabelli for coming on the program. Remember, folks, on Sunday, it is the inaugural Lucky Launch, the Silver Knights Teddy Bear Toss, Sunday, December 19th, when the Silver Knights take on the Abbotsford Canucks. Bring as many stuffed animals to the game as you can, and when the Silver Knights score their first goal, throw those bears onto the ice. They will be collected. They will be donated to Toys for Tots. It is the first Lucky Launch, and we really want... A good showing uh, to show everyone, uh, well, to give every kid something special this Christmas and to show that this is a big event that uh, Vegas hockey fans can do right. Lucky Launch Sunday. We'll see you there, and we'll see you for Henderson Silver Knights Hockey Saturday as well here on 1230 of the game, the Silver Knights Radio Network.